Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Taylor Campbell. I'm a birth and bereavement doula, as well as an adoption and surrogacy doula. Doula means woman who serves. And although I love happy births, adoptions, and surrogacy, the pro bono part of my business is in bereavement. I'm here to help you. I'm also mom of 18, yes, 18 children, with over 30 years experience in the trenches as a mom myself. We have a huge blended family, and I've also experienced the loss of our adult son. Remember, give a shout out to those brave enough to share their stories on how they have become parents. Let's dive in. Welcome to Becoming Parents Podcast. Today, I have Crystal Riley on. and I'm really excited because I don't often personally know the person super like we hug. You and I know each other really well. <laughs> we do hug. <laughs> we do hug. So welcome. I want to start off by reading a comment, and I'm trying to get better about this. This is from the Elder Law Practice in Arkansas. Um, I did a podcast on with Dave Nassani on being a caregiver to someone, um, and it's his wife, actually, that had a stroke that he's taken care of for like 30 years. And this comment is, I like what you said about so many other caregivers out there suffering and feeling alone. We've helped thousands of families and individuals live better for longer. Um, so they deal with the legal documents in Arkansas and want people to feel more relaxed and in control of the paperwork side of being a caregiver to someone you love. And I know with my grandmother going into a less independent living section of her independent living, this has been a really big uh, area of conversation in my family. So I appreciate that comment from Elder Law. So Crystal, you and I are going to get started. You live in Reno, Nevada with me, like not with me, but we both live here. We do both live in Reno, Nevada. Yes, I live currently with my husband where we'll be celebrating 20 years of marriage in April. I can't like, that's crazy just to think that I'm that old, first of all, and that I've yeah. been with the same person for that long too, because those are miracles. <laughs> Both of those are miracles. Well, the <laughs> they are miracles. <laughs> they are miracles. Uh, they're wins, okay? Because uh, my mom's on husband four, and my dad—I don't even know, like wife five or something. So, right. um, so yes, uh, with my our two children, they're seventeen and eighteen. So you guys got you guys got married twenty years ago and got pregnant pretty fast too. Mm -hmm. So I really, um, with all of my. Oh, um, my childhood dysfunction and all the divorces that I have seen, I didn't even want to get married. And so how my husband convinced me to marry him is beyond me, but that's a God story. So, and then I didn't want children. And then he wanted like, I can't remember four or six, and I thought he was insane. And, um, I have this thing with odd numbers. I just don't like them. So it's just common sense to have two kids, not one. <laughs> Um, no real thought process, not even kidding. So, so, um, I said, okay, fine. We'll get married. We'll have kids right away. Just boom, 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 knock it out, be done and over with. And then I never have to do it again. That was my thought process. I mean, that's not a bad version. thought process, right? I mean, that's exactly what we did. I, uh, we got married in April. I was pregnant by May super fast. Um, and then I remember saying, um, I, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't want to have kids. I changed my mind and then I was pregnant. So that didn't work out. <laughs> so, um, uh, we were pregnant with our, our first, our daughter. Um, and then, you know, no, no use of birth control after that. Cause it was just, I wanted to hurry up and get it done and over with. I hated being pregnant. I was not one of those women that wanted to be pregnant and have all the babies. I don't love holding them either. So, um, I did enjoy holding mine most of the time. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> here's the thing, you know, it's not all rainbows and butterflies, no matter. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I was ecstatic and love holding the babies, but it's so much harder than you think it's going to be. And at least you're honest. Oh, super honest. Um, my best right. friend loves babies. I mean, she has four kids and she could have like 50. And I'm over here thinking, oh my gosh, God gave me two arms, two legs, one for each child. That was all I had. That was, I couldn't do any more than that. And so I'm very, very grateful that I have the two children that I have. They are the perfect humans for me, but I could not imagine Mom yeah. eighteen. No, thank you. <laughs> Actually, <me> out. <laughs> three is the hardest. Three was the hardest really? for me. Yep, yep. I can have twelve kids in my house, but that third one, because you're right, you have two arms, two legs. It's mm -hmm. like there's always one escaping. It's it it really threw me off. Three really. So for someone who admits like babies are not my favorite thing, I don't love being pregnant. I love my kids, but I don't really love kids, and <laughs> I hate odd numbers so i definitely don't want four like <laughs> i know i have so many weird things we all but... do we all do um that's and so you how was that though you're very honest about how you feel and the great thing is you had support from your husband who wanted to get married and wanted to have kids and was that was he was glad about all oh, of that. He, he's amazing i mean he wasn't always amazing um, but neither was I, so we're not perfect. Um, so having our kids are 15 months apart. And I remember like one time pacing the halls and our son probably was a newborn. Um, and I'm holding both kids. And I remember just like hating my husband because I never slept. Right. Cause it was his fault. Not really, but right. I just remember pacing the halls, just thinking, God, I hate my life. Like this is miserable. I'm holding two kids. I'm breastfeeding one. I'm trying to get the other one to go to sleep. And I'm like, I was so angry. Um, that didn't last very long, but it was, it was rough, like having them 15 months apart. And then they would go opposite directions all the time. Cause you know, that's just what they did. Um, I, I learned to play a lot of games with them. So like red light, green light, because that controlled them. I could like be like red light, green light, you know, and they would stop instantly because it was fun. So that's how I learned to control them. Instead of putting them on leashes, I just played yeah. games. So, I mean, that's, it's a great <laughs> thing. My um, oldest daughter came up with a game for the shower to get the kid like shower time for me. I remember there was a period of time, like just getting the kids all bathed and showered and everything and um she had this game that she played and she'd stay in the shower and i'd like hand one in and take that one out and like but the games are what made it fast and easy and fun and we were done like right. it was it, it total, it's a total yeah you do it's because it's super stressful <laughs> it's, it's, so, chaotic and it's miserable. so stressful so they grew up close in age together did they grow up close together in like personality or they're very different I oh I, my goodness they are complete opposites there's the only thing they have in common is my husband and I mm. we literally they don't have anything I I and it, I can't say that they don't like each other they have a deep love they would do anything for the other person if push came to shove kind of a thing they wouldn't just voluntarily be like oh can i make you breakfast right no <laughs> oh let me switch your laundry over no 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 so um but 
they do do things, you know, if they're sick, I've noticed that they will do something nice for the other person. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm really mad at both of them, then they'll be nice to each other. Um, right. So like when push comes to shove, but no, um, they fought a lot. I actually did some really creative parenting things, probably on the borderline of abuse. I don't know my daughter. That's what she thinks is I was abusive. I really wasn't. Um, but, you know, like they would fight all the time and it would drive me crazy. So I one time I remember um, putting cutting a, my husband's T-shirt and putting them both inside of it, and making them walk up and down the stairs, hugging 10 times. Well, actually, I think I did it until they stopped fighting. Um, that was probably for my enjoyment to watch them. But it was I mean because they just they fought so much as kids and I just kept trying different things and punishing them didn't work and grounding them didn't work and taking things away didn't work and so that actually was one thing that kind of worked because mm -hmm. it was they laughed I mean they after they got done fighting they figured out how to have teamwork and then you know so it was really a neat experience to watch like from my perspective I had no idea how it would turn out I was praying a lot um that it would be fine but it ended up in a lot of laughter and they had a lot of fun doing it and then I made them do it a couple extra times because they were enjoying it but before I wrote they ruined it by fighting again I made them stop so you know because there's a fine line <laughs> so uh, well I used to have the kids sit facing each other with their knees touching in chairs and say nice things about each other oh I, I do that too or I, used I to mean you you try to think of creative ways when like abuse is beating them every time right it's hitting them and sending them to their rooms my, my and, daughter has no idea what abuse is by the yeah, way yeah. <laughs> she has most no of them clue. don't no. <laughs> she no. had a very privileged life that she thinks like things like that was abuse so i'm like oh my gosh if she only knew what abuse really was um but i did i i also made them i didn't make them sit knee to knee but i would make them say nice things and they could they couldn't say oh i like your shirt they had to find things about their character yep. which they, my daughter it was torturous torturous um, my son always had an easier time. My daughter just, it was torturous for her. I love that. Like, I love the title of um, this. It's, I used like your LinkedIn title and added teenage mom. They're now 17 and 18. Hmm. I, I do want to, at some point, if there are things about staying married and working through, because utopia doesn't exist. So if there are ever, if, if we're talking and you, or now you can think of something that like really made a significant difference in keeping your marriage together and happy, being mm -hmm. married for 20 years is great. I've seen a lot of people who brag that they're married for a long time, but they absolutely hate each other and it's a miserable relationship. And so oh, there's yeah. a, there's a difference, right? That you actually like each other and work through stuff. So throw in those nuggets because the mamas out there who are in those earlier years and who are pacing the floor, hating their husbands, <laughs> <laughs> me, <laughs> yeah, right. They need to, they need to be encouraged by that. So, but I do want to fast forward because they're now 18 and 17. You're mm -hmm. looking at empty nest because they're so close in age. I got and a puppy. <laughs> That was the worst idea. Like, see, I think like that's the ever. worst idea ever. <laughs> Except you can kind of. I'm looking them. to get another one. My daughter oh. the other day actually was like, "Mom, you know you're going to be an empty nester, right?" And I said, "I know. I got a puppy." She's like, "So the puppy's replacing us?" I said, "Yeah, and I'm going to get another one." She's like, "You're crazy." <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> you can kennel train them. You can put them on a leash legally. You can. Are you kidding me? Right. So that's great. <laughs> In the notes, you talk about just the trials and tribulations of kids, especially 
like we've talked about the trials and tribulations when they're little and there are lots of those it's just a really hard time period in your life when you have little kids that have no reasoning skills and are kind of feel like you're raising little monsters now let's fast forward because you've gone through teenagers and you are getting ready for empty nests so let's transition into having those almost adult kids and what that's like um it's definitely an interesting season the uh, and I feel really, really, really blessed because our children still, our teenagers still like us. And that was always my goal. I mean, I, and I used to tell them, I'm not here to be your friend, which I mean, obviously I would love to be their friend, but first and foremost, I'm their parents. So they need to have that respect. But um, one of the things that I have done their whole entire lives, and it was not how I was raised, I actually communicated with my children. I talked to them and I told them I valued their opinion even though I kind of wanted to smack them or whatever, but um, I would always ask them. So I'll give a prime example. So one time my daughter was probably about seven years old and she, I was sitting in a chair. She was sitting by my feet and she kept hitting me like play spanking me. And it was the most irritating thing ever. And my foot was by her face. And so she kept doing it. And I, and probably, I don't know how many times in, I just said, um, I said, um, I said, if you don't stop, my foot's going to land in your face. And I'm really big at following through, which I would never do this again, by the way, this was horrible. Um, and so she did it again. So my foot went boom, right in her face. Not really hard, just very light. Well, she took off running, went to her room, which was a good thing. And then, um, when we came and we sat, we had stairs at the time and we sat down and I asked her, I said, um, what do you think happened? So in her little seven-year-old self, she's telling me that I was abusive, which, I mean, I, I didn't kick her hard. I barely touched her face. It was just enough to make her realize that that's the consequences, mm -hmm. right? And so she told me this whole story about how horrible I was and what a bad mom I was and all the things. And I just sat and listened. I didn't respond. I just sat and listened. I let her get it all out, all of the things, even though I didn't agree. And I asked her, I said, did you learn a lesson? And she looks at me like, what? And I said, did you learn a lesson? Will you, will you do that again? She said, no. I said, I win. That's it. I win. Like, you'll never do that again. That's called a consequence. So every action that you have, there's a consequence. Every, everything that you do, there's a, you have a choice and you have a consequence. And that's kind of how I taught my kids their whole entire lives is your choices and your actions have consequences. So you can choose to have good consequences or bad consequences. And so that's caused her to she's a very critical thinker now and she evaluates things and I love that that about her um but she's the child that had challenged me the most I mean the most my son I could look at him and he would cry I mean if I just gave him like a I can't believe you're doing that look he would just start bawling his eyes out so my daughter challenged everything in me um and she learned the hard way on I think everything in her life and so um the I, I communicated a lot and I always listened to my kids and now looking back she actually tells me now that I was a really good mom and she's thanked me for how I, she was raised mm -hmm. um and I'm thankful that she sees that now um we had a lot of rough years a lot of tough consequences um I could tell you story after story after story of challenges with her um 
you know, and then it's a lot of giving on my part too. Like when she was young, she didn't want to match any of her clothes. She had the most hideous outfits one could possibly dream of. And it just made me cringe because I was so used to having everything perfect, right? Like everything had to match, like, you know, your clothes are ironed. Like I had this perfect thing and, and that's what it was. It was just a perfect image right it wasn't reality and my daughter was the complete opposite she's like I'm gonna wear all the colors all the patterns at the same time and I just wanted to throw up and so um years of um self-torment and then finally I came to the point of where I said okay I'm gonna respect how she wants to dress and she was young right I'm gonna respect how, how she dresses and she can wear whatever she wants when she wants, except for, you know, for important things, like if we went to church or we went to the grandparents or, you know, big important things, I would say, okay, but you have to wear what mommy wants you to wear. Otherwise you get free reign of what you want to wear. And that's how I negotiated with my terrorist child and it worked out and it made my life much easier, but I had to give up some of the things that were really important to me because I wanted her to know she was important and valued and her opinion mattered. That is so hard. And the the wearing the clothes oh, thing, it was a struggle for me too. Cleaning my house was a struggle. Like I, I wanted to be able to eat off the toilet seat. You know, my house was always like, not that you would, but you could. But you right? could. I had that problem and too. Having, having kids meant like things, I didn't have control over stuff being that way all the time. But with dressing themselves, I kind of wish I had done this. I kind of wish I had ordered pins that said, today I dress myself. <laughs> that would be really really good because this the is kids, not my mom's fault <laughs> right the kids would have been so proud to wear it because <laughs> they were they loved right and I never did it but again some people might be like that's abusive no I like I want I want to I want <laughs> if the kids love what they're wearing and I cringe there's a good lesson in this because my my daughter that's 30 now she, they wear their favorites right she had these purple cowboy boots purple they were purple and she had this lime colored lime pair of shorts and a shirt that had a lot of colors in it. And she wanted to wear them all. And inside I was like, Oh, like to school really in second in grade. Right. <laughs> but I did the same thing you did. I let it go. And there was an eighth grader that came up to her on the playground and said, no one wears lime green shorts and purple boots and kind of bullied her. And she just looked down at herself and she goes, looks like somebody does and walked away. And it was right. It was important for me to realize that those things that drive you crazy, like my house being clean, if I let it go, I spent more quality time with them. If I let it go, they were learning to stick up for like that. There's so many great lessons in letting go outside mm -hmm. of just being a mom who's learning to let go. Like that's one lesson. And, but there are lessons that the kids are learning too, how to be independent, how to make mistakes, how to, you know, I don't know if your kids have done this, but definitely my kids are like, I can't believe you let me wear that. And I'm like, oh, that was not a battle I was going to fight. <laughs> it's not worth it. Just don't like, have the energy. I mean, I, you have right. to really pick and choose your battles when you have kids, right? Right. So I let you wear that and look the other way because you have to pick your battles and that wasn't one. So that was you that wore that mm -hmm. not me that let you you that wanted to so <laughs> <laughs> what's it like true. what's it like now they're um your daughter's graduated she graduated and uh, your, last year and, and your son's, son's a senior, senior. Mm -hmm. what is transition me through like the them being teenagers because it's not the same world that we grew up in and our world was hard 
but it's, no, it's really hard. It's really hard. Um, I know one of the biggest things for me has been self-esteem and mental health with the kids. So take me through what you've experienced. So um, you're right. Mental health is really, really important. My daughter actually was with a, a boy from 15 to 17 and it was a pretty terrible relationship and people like you should just make her break up and I'm like yeah okay she'd probably move out and end up pregnant like let's be honest I, I know who she is as a person she's pretty independent and strong-willed and will do whatever it is that I tell her that she shouldn't do and so I had to do a lot of praying through that and I actually just talked to her last night about this and I actually asked her I said do you think that if I would have made you break up with him that you would have moved in with him and she's like oh absolutely i was like okay well that's fair because that's really what i thought and that's really hard but then it was really hard knowing that she was being verbally abused by him and you could tell not that she would share that part but i could tell because of how much she was like pulling back and then mm -hmm. you could tell she was having some depression and she had all these issues and i just did a lot of praying um I actually prayed. I didn't pray for them to break up until like more towards the end, but I actually prayed for him to move away. When I mm. started praying that, then actually he moved to Texas, like literally like two days later. It was the coolest thing ever. I was like, yay, God, thank you for getting him away from her. Um, but it was really, really hard. And so loving our children where they are at and knowing that they have their own journeys and their own past to go through is so important and sometimes we have to get out of the way as parents like we I know that I have thought like oh that's not gonna happen to my daughter or she should do things this way and then because of my beliefs I kind of have maybe push them on the kids but then I've realized like it doesn't do any good they have their own journeys to go mm -hmm. through and it's my job to love them through it and to mm -hmm. be there for them and to can be that constant show up and show them that you know God's love is unconditional so my love is as unconditional as I'm humanly possible possibly capable of and they have their own journeys and they have to make their own mistakes even how it's super hard to watch that yeah. it was really hard to watch her in that relationship and the mental health and then she was really good after they broke up she was 18 when they broke up and um in like two days she was on tinder i'm like oh cool now we're tindering like <laughs> oh god can we please take that away that is not where i want my child and that's not what i envisioned that only lasted like a couple days by the way um and she's not on that anymore um so it's really hard i mean that's we we've had when she was like 15 um she was went to high school and she was in choir and there was a lot of like gays and lesbians and transgenders and people like that which is fine you know I've always taught the kids that we're called to love people where they're at and um, no matter what and because God loves them God loves all of us we all sin we all have that and um and so I remember my first initial reaction was um and from the church that we were attending I was seeking biblical help with it and so they pointed us to Leviticus and which is very probably not the right direction of how I was raising my children is to go straight to Leviticus but um what we my lesson in that was God gave me opportunities to go on a walk with her after that which turned her away from God um which what what I ended up doing is I was able to walk and have a conversation with her and ask her to get to know all of the kids in this in the choir and see what their homes like home lives were like like 
just get to know them and love them where they're at and so and see because she's raised different like and from my experience like my husband and I you know we've been together for 20 years we have had a fairly normal life I mean not a lot of crazy as far as my kids know I'm not gonna say there wasn't crazy but as far as my children know so they had kind of a perfect life but if you get to know a lot of kids they have like an identity crisis and you know, they're acting out because of whatever situation in their home lives. And so I got to talk to her about that. And then she actually came back and told me I was right. When she got to know the kids, there was like sexual abuse and verbal abuse and alcohols and drugs and all the things. And so I got to just tell her her identities in Christ. We dedicated her to God. And and there was even like a, a Christian family in there too, um, raised differently. But the, the I think the daughter was like a lesbian or something. I can't remember um and but the parents pushed religion on them right and so there's a there's just a fine line Mm -hmm. and so I told her just love those kids where they're at just keep showing up and keep loving them and pour good things into them and and that's how she's showed up but having those conversations then I used to have people tell me my daughter was going to become a lesbian and how would I deal with it I'm like oh I I mean she's a lesbian okay whatever I'm not I'm not going to love her any different right so I I think that's the same as when you're coming from, because you and I both come from that Christian perspective, but I wasn't always a great example of my inner beliefs. My outer behavior was not always an example because the world is an easy and fun place to live in. And I don't think I was super far far off. And I do believe that the majority of my kids believe in Jesus and have a r- sort of relationship with with him, but not the way I would hope for them to have. And that's so hard, that fine line between wanting to show them how much better your life can be without cramming it down their throat. I mean, we, we're, all of us are in the same position and there's so much social pressure on them with that. You know, the LGBTQ, I've looked and looked and looked at stats and it's somewhere between one at the most 7% that are homosexual, bisexual, LGBT, any, any transgender, all of that stuff. It's up to at most 7% in our society right now. And yet there's screen time to portray this lifestyle. And, and I think it confuses kids who aren't confused. So they're getting a lot from a lot of different directions. Like all we know we can do is be an example and be there to answer their questions. And like you said, meet them where they're at, because I haven't always, there's no perfect christian mom right i mean yeah <laughs> so i'm i would never be like do it like me it's the opposite like please learn from me and don't do it like i did it um it, it's so hard the self-esteem stuff the looking good the um i don't know if you've ever seen this but there's this picture of a model on a cover and um it's this video that i've shown many of my kids just for them to understand that the world is not what it appears like the what society is showing you mm-hmm. not just social media just society from like pick up any magazine in the store type thing and basically it's a picture of a piece of pizza and this guy it's sped up this guy turns this piece of pizza into a model who's on the cover of a magazine yeah. so look up look up like pizza model um it is the craziest thing to watch the Photoshop, right? So if you can make a piece of pizza into a model, nothing you see is probably real, which is hard. 
Oh, totally. People don't look like this. This isn't their life. And social media is like the highlight reel of only the great things. And so I've been really, I mean, one of the things about self-esteem and mental health, which is a huge struggle with these kids because the pressures are so high and you're right. Like, I think all you can do is meet them where they're at and have those conversations and let them process it themselves. I didn't, um, I didn't restrict my my children's phones. I didn't let them have cell phones or technology until they were 10 years old, which is still, I think, too young. And I didn't mm-hmm. restrict what, I didn't put restrictions on them. I educated them. I had convers. I had the hard conversations. I talked about sex. I talked about drugs. I talked about all the things, well, maybe not all. I talked about a lot of things that were considered inappropriate or, you, sh- you know, taboo or whatever. But I wanted my children to know from, my perspective right? right because god knows what the world's gonna tell them but i wanted to know reality versus what they see on the internet and because i feel like i wanted my values instilled in them and not the world's mm-hmm. views and so i educated them a lot i had a lot of talks about it i yeah. showed them videos of kids getting you know kidnapped because they were talking to somebody they thought was their age and met him at a park i mean like i, I showed them that stuff you know i showed them like Oh, I, you know, they wanted to play with fire one time. And so like I caught them playing with the matches or uh, lighter. And so, you know, I showed them burn victims so that they could see what could happen. So I was really big on educating and not like condemning. And then I would let them like that time I let them, I let them test the lighter out to see what they could do with it. So they could know. And that's kind of how I've always taught my children. Yeah. Is educating them. I think it's really important. Because if, when you tell them, don't do that, I mean, I know what I did. I was doing all the things that I wasn't supposed to do. My mom told me not to do. Right. Right. And I, so I, and my kids are amazing looking at them now at 17 and 18. Um, you know, they, they don't drink, they don't do drugs. They don't smoke pot. They've never tried pot. Neither one of them. They, you know, they've both have been sexually active, um, you know, but I educate them, you know, my daughter's on birth control. I mean, not proud parenting that my kids are sexually active, but like, let's face reality. Like that's just where they're at. And so, um, instead of being angry or upset, I educated them. Right. Me too. Condoms. Like, let's be real. Like if you're going to have sex, wrap it up. Like, because I don't want to be a grandma, you know, or have STDs or all the things. And so, just having those open conversations. It's really uncomfortable. My husband does not think that we should have those conversations with them. So I do because I think it's important. I'd rather have them educated than not know. I told my kids, like, I'm, I don't want you to do any of this stuff. I can't stop you from sneaking out the window and doing all of it in my backyard. And while I'm sleeping, like I, I can't stop it from happening. I want to have conversations about it. And, and if you're going to do something I, one, want you to be able to talk about it. And two, want you to be the smartest, most educated, stand up for yourself. Um, because, you know, we know the reality of things not going well, the kidnapping. We live in Reno, Nevada. It's one of the higher sex trafficking areas in the country. Um, these are realities and and not telling them isn't protecting them. Oh. It's setting them up to right. to be a victim. I agree. Let's, I want to transition and talk about your entrepreneurial journey you wear lots of hats Mm -hmm. um uh and how if that was easier like your husband worked 
And you've worked and you've done more since I've known you anyway, in our relationship, you've done more in a more entrepreneurial way. Yes. So um, when the kids were little, I was blessed and got to be a stay at home mom. And then I realized that was not for me. And so <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Right. Um, <laughs> it's not, not a good proud, not a proud story. Um, and my husband's like, I think you need to get a job. I'm all, Oh, more than a job. I need to get the heck out of here and talk to real people. Um, and so I lasted until my daughter was about four and, and I was a really good stay at home mom. I mean, I really, really was my kids, my daughter, both my kids were potty trained around a year old my daughter was totally out of diapers at a year old like just crazy I was crazy um and so I my job that I got was I actually went to be a cocktail waitress because I didn't I wanted to be um I wanted to be home with them during the day I wanted to be the influencer in their lives and so I got a night job so I went to school I worked nights um I got a college degree and, and worked in the casino business for about four years. And I did VIP services, um, for about four years, which that was a lot of fun, but it was not healthy for my marriage. And so we, I got out of that and then, um, I got my college degree and then I started a notary business and then I got my real estate license all at the same time. Cause I don't know how to do just one thing. <laughs> I like to do all of the things. Um, and so I still have my notary license. Um, I, I still am a real estate agent and I, so the, and then I run the tapestry network of Reno, which is a, a Christian business women's networking organization. Um, it's a nation, national organization. And so the entrepreneurial stuff is, it gives me the flexibility to be, you know, show up to all my kids things. Um, mm -hmm. I've worked more now than I did ever their probably whole entire lives that they can remember. Um, but I get to do what I love, right. I get to yeah. help people, you know, buy a, uh, their dream home. I mean, that's right. like one of the coolest things I get to do. And then, um, tapestry, I get to pour into women. I get to love them where they're at. I get to build them up. I get to do all these really cool things. So to me, I don't ever feel like I'm too busy. I don't feel, um, I don't feel overwhelmed and stressed out. Like I have too much work. Um, and then I'm getting ready to start a podcast. And so that'll launch in January and, so I get to do all these things and I'm living my life exactly like how I dreamed. Now, if the money could follow the way I would like to spend it, it would be fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like that plan. Actually. <laughs> that would be a really good plan. I, I mean, that's my 2023 goal, but my, my spending, the more I make, the more I spend. So yeah, some, some reality is going to have to come in place. <laughs> so. Right, right. I think it's important though, early on, you knew that you did the stay at home mom thing and it wasn't your favorite, but you found a way. I, I think it's so important. And when my kids even go to college, they're not planning on getting married or having kids, but thinking about projecting that career into the future. Like, and what does that look like in these situations? Can you move easily? Can you, you know, there's, there are things that kids aren't, we're not, people aren't talking to their kids about. It's just like the go to college and get the degree. Yeah. But, and then what, um, so you got to find stuff that you could control because mm -hmm. you did it from home. You were an entrepreneur and things that you control in the sense that you loved it. You could set your hours, your time, you could make money. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we would love for our children to go to college and get an education. Mm -hmm. Um, and in all reality, they're going to do what they want to do. And so, um, our daughter has decided she went to the community college for a semester and she decided that she wants to take a semester off. 
is what she's telling us. And she wants to work and she wants to be, you know, move out. And she has all these big goals and dreams. And it's really hard because I know, you know, I didn't go to college right after high school. I waited until I was married and had kids, which then I'm like, I'm just going to get a college degree while I have babies. Like that was kind of dumb, but it was something I wanted to do. Go ahead. Did you have a question? No, 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 go, go. And so, um, I've, we've, we've both my husband and I have both had conversations with her and explained how hard it is to go back to school after you start making money. I mean, she thinks she's just going to move out and she has this unrealistic expectation. So we've, we've started making her pay for things. Like she pays for her own gas. She pays for her own clothes. She pays for her own food. And so she's like, I can't believe how much things cost. I'm like, wait until you move out and you got to pay your insurance and your medical insurance and you know, all the things that you have when you grow up. And, um, and so she's learning how expensive things are. And, and we've tried to teach her along the way. The kids have both had checking accounts since they were like 11 and 12 years old. And they've had, you know, we make them earn their own money and pay for their own things. And not always, but um, so we've kind of let them have a sense of money and what things cost. But then now, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, she's having a major reality check. And so um, right now she has a really good job working at a UPS store. Um, but she has to drive to Truckee. So that's like a 45 minute drive, an hour drive every day. So she's just, you know, spending a lot of money in gas, but mm-hmm. it's a really good paycheck. So she's, so that's what she wants to do. And then she wants to travel. So she's going to save her money. <laughs> and I mean, great ideas. <laughs> is she going to go back to school? I, you know, I would hope, but the reality of it is probably not once you start making money, it's kind of hard to say. And then our son, he's extremely handsome just ask him um that's one of the superpowers actually is what he told me was that he's okay. good looking mm-hmm. yeah um blonde hair green eyes six-pack mm-hmm. abs like athletic good at everything you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and so he's always thought he's going to be a professional baseball player I'm like we live in Reno okay. like the competition really like you really think you're going to go and be a big big baseball player I mean, it's possible. I'm not going to shoot his dream down, um, but he wants to go to college so he can play ball. So that's what he's going to do. Um, but he had a little rude awakening because his grades weren't very good for about a year and a half. And so now he's putting effort into, you know, his, um, I think his classes are like PE or whatever. I don't know, weights or something, gym, something. He's got several of those kinds of classes. I'm like, if you can't get A's in those kind of classes, we're in, we're in trouble. So um, but yeah, he's working on applying for colleges to see where he can get a baseball scholarship. I mean, that's, I love that. I love, look, I mean, I love supporting kids and what they love and they're good at and trying to go that direction. We've gone the sports scholarship route with our kids also. And uh, like, I, I want you to go to college and I would love for it to cost less. And I would love <laughs> for you right. to do something that you love if that's possible. I think for our kids, they've all thought we didn't get it. We just didn't totally get it. We were kind of like our generation was different. We didn't really know what we were talking about. We're kind of being jerks. And they've gone out, gotten their apartment and everything. Every single one of them has come back. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Because they need that harsh reality of this is how much stuff costs. And and I love that we could be a safety net because when that happened, every time that they moved back, they kind of were like, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. I get it now. Um, but then they regroup because they've experienced how hard it is. And when they go out that second time, they're good right? because they've gotten it. And, <clears throat> you know, we never want our kids to 
struggle or have challenges or make our mistakes and then they start to and it's like you have to let them yeah you do you have to totally let them absolutely bless you excuse me i'm sneezing (laughs) (laughs) well so it is really hard you and we do have to let our kids make their own mistakes right like they don't um uh, as i shared like with my daughter and that boyfriend i just like cringe i would be so upset and then i'd have my praying friend say we'll just pray to break them up i'm like oh god won't let me pray that i'm like and i was so mad but she had to have her own lesson so i know that she'll never be in a relationship like that again because she recognizes the signs and so she'll know that that's not what she wants and so i mean he wasn't like uh, it doesn't matter um there were some tough lessons in there and so yeah yeah so it is hard have your kids realized that the job that you have as they've been growing up has allowed you to be present at, at everything because they yes. sometimes it takes a while for that um my daughter just recently told me that I don't spend enough time with them I'm like I show up to everything I don't know how much more time I can spend with them but I mean yay that she yeah recognizes that I have had a shift because but they're older right they're 17 and 18 like you'd think that they wouldn't want to hang out with us that much but you know and they have their own lives and they have friends and date and you know whatever do all the activities and so um but I don't know if they necessarily recognize that. I I don't. Maybe not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, How did you balance everything? Was it easy for you to balance your career and your parenting? Uh, No. Hmm. No, I don't. I mean, that's a hard question. (laughs) Um, I mean, I think it ebbs, ebbs and flows, right? It's not it's not good all the time. I'm not perfect at things all the time. Um, I show up to all the things, you know, once in a while I'll miss something, but it's pretty rare. It has to be something I'm really, really important for me to miss something on my kids. Cause I, they come first. Um, but I don't think that the kids recognize that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just ebb and flows. You have good times and you have crappy times. I don't know. Right. I mean, sometimes it's great. And sometimes it's not. I know balancing work and earning money for me was really challenging. And when my kids were older, they said the same thing. They wanted more time. And um, I said, well, I can, you know, they wanted me to quit a job that I had um, that was part-time on top of a full-time job. And I'm like, if I do that, this is how much money I'll lose a month. And the the kids said they didn't care. So we cut cable. We, we really, I went over all the bills with my kids. It was a great learning experience because like, Without this money, you don't get these things. It's not just work less and have more time. They're talking about consequences. Like there are consequences. And I think it's those are good lessons that take a while for kids to learn how hard it is to balance all of that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was glad my kids wanted to give stuff up and I was home more and, and it went really well. Uh, we awesome. did have, but when I said we we're making the cuts, we're making the cuts. Like we couldn't do it otherwise. So yeah. Crystal, yeah. Losing cable is a great thing, by the way. Yeah. We haven't had, I haven't paid for cable. Gosh, it's over 10 years, I'm sure. Me, me either. It's been over 10 years. Yeah, it has. But it was a big deal at the time. And it was a big deal Huge. to them because it was something that they liked. And I remember it was $120 a month mm-hmm. at the time and like a decade ago. And I'm like, that's the first easiest thing that needs to go. Yeah, it was and, a big deal for my husband. And I'm like, I can't even stand television. I'd rather the kids not right. watch it. So, Yeah, but still all of those, it was you huge. know, 
I think as a parent, you have to make some really tough decisions that you aren't sure are the right decision until after you're going down the road, the track a little oh, absolutely. bit. Um, Crystal, thank you so much for sharing your story, for being on and talking about, you're very, very honest. And I really appreciate that because kids are not, they're not the rainbows and unicorns that it <laughs> looks like in the nursery pictures. <laughs> I was not a perfect mother. I used no? to call my kids as teenagers, they, I would tell them they were being a-holes, but saying the real word. And then I also, this is a huge thing. I would ask my children what I could do to be a better mom. Mm -hmm. And I would be open to receiving whatever it was they said. And so one of the things that they said is, please stop calling us that word. We don't like it. And my instant reaction, because I'm not a perfect mother, stop being one. Common sense. Just stop and I won't say it. Um, and, but I don't say it anymore because that's something that really bothers them. And so, um, but they stopped being one, right? Like they've mm -hmm. gotten better. And so, you know, it's a joint effort. And so, yeah, parenting is not easy and there's no perfect parent. You just tread water sometimes and that's okay. Yeah. Give yourself grace and, you know, appreciate that they're still alive and they're fed. And sometimes they have clothes on. I don't know. It don't match. They didn't. They didn't want them on. I mean, right. Uh, I mean, we went through some stages. Right. And you they, just look looking back, you just look and you just appreciate all of the stories that we get to tell and they yeah. survived, right? So give yourself grace.